This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. We will explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you find clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 46. Thank you so much for joining me today as we transition from talking about our reticular activating system and creating our vision in January to to discussing the power of radical self-love and what are some of the strategies? How do we actually create this in our life in February? We'll be discussing this further, as well as I have a special guest for our last session in February, again, exploring the topic of self-love, self-compassion, connecting to our inner wisdom, etc. I hope that you had a chance to explore the process of designing and creating our dream life, as well as how do we connect to our reticular activating system and use the power of affirmations and visualizations to make our dreams come true. Today, we are going to build upon this concept of living our best life, living and creating our dreams, and coming back to one of the most important relationships in our life, which is our relationship with ourselves. Now, self-love, self-care, etc. it's become a well-discussed thought, right? Every time we talk about feeling burned out or stressed, the suggestions that we get is, oh, we need to focus on self-care and we need to give ourselves self-love, etc. But what does this actually mean on a functional level? And how can you and I really apply this in our life? So self-love means being able to give ourselves love unconditionally. It means that we care about our own well-being and happiness, and we are taking care of what our needs are without waiting for someone else to do it. It means that we realize that we are also deserving and worthy of our own love and that we don't have to always sacrifice our well-being to please others. Self-love means that we don't settle for less than what we deserve, that we care about our physical, emotional, and mental, and spiritual growth. Self-love can mean different things for each of us because we are unique individuals and there are different needs that we have. But I think above all else, self-love is the unconditional commitment we are going to take care of ourselves like we would take care of our best friend or our loved ones. 
Self-love is an unconditional commitment that we have our back, that we are going to show up for ourselves. We're going to honor the commitments that we make to ourselves and that we are going to love ourselves as we are right now. We're going to be exploring what self-compassion means in just a little bit here. I want to just stay in the space of self-love. So I'm going to explore what this means for each of us. I've shared before that a few years ago, I really hit my rock bottom, just experiencing severe burnout. I've shared various aspects of that journey. I want to share with you something that is deeply personal, and it is just how I thought about myself through this whole journey. I really struggled to love myself through this because ultimately I felt that there was some way that I had failed, that I had failed in my commitment to others, to my children, to my spouse, to my training, to my parents. I had failed in being able to handle everything. Everyone else was doing it. So what's wrong with me? And as I looked through and analyzed all of my internal conversations from the last 10, 15 years, what I realized is that question was present a lot. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me that I can't do this? What's wrong with me that I don't understand whatever, you know, is going on? I have spent most of my life as a child and young adult in communities that I didn't speak the language, I didn't understand the culture. And I think from the time I was little, I always felt different. And part of it took it to mean that different meant I didn't belong. Different meant I needed to fix myself, that I needed to change, that I needed to be like everyone else so I can finally belong and finally love myself because now I am okay. Now I'm normal. For the longest time, I was looking for love and validation and worthiness and belonging externally. And I think so many of us do. We're worthy if someone says we're doing a good job. We are lovable if someone says that they love us. We are enough when someone says that we are enough. And I spent so much time as I went through burnout and as I started exploring what it means to own my story, to believe in myself, I saw the concepts of self-love emerge over and over. And I started wondering, what would it be like? like if I could love myself unconditionally, if I could allow myself to be enough just as I am right now without having to change anything? What if I could meet myself where I am, love myself and support myself? Right? I mean, what would that be like? At least that was my thought. I wanted that. And as I started exploring over the last few years, what self-love means and, and really, again, delving into blame, shame, and guilt, the courage, vulnerability, authenticity research that Brené Brown does and the work of Kristen Neff looking at self-compassion and really exploring so many of my mentors, Brooke Castillo, James Wedmore, and all authors, researchers, and philosophers whose work have meant a great deal to me. Thich Nhat Hanh, James Clear, B.J. Fogg, 
Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Maya Angelou, and so many more. Spiritual texts, love can mean when you are totally and completely immersed, present, and mindful in that experience. I learned a few things along the way, and I'm so grateful to share with you some of that knowledge. And also to share that really loving myself has been one of the biggest game changers in my life. Loving myself meant I can show up as me, wherever that is, in any relationship, that I can laugh even when things are hard, because I know that this too will just be an experience and things will get better, that I can be present and support myself. And I don't have to wait for anyone else to do that for me. So let me share a few of the observations and universal truths that I discovered in in my journey to understanding and practicing self-love. So what we think about ourselves, our impressions, our thoughts, often starts by things that we are told as a young child, as a young adult, and even as we get older. We're told things like, oh, you're really good at math. That must be what you want to do for the rest of your life. Oh, you're really good with children. That must mean that you're going to stay at home and be a mom. Oh, you are really not good at tech. So that must mean that you're just going to let your brother, husband, significant other, et cetera, take care of those things for you. You don't seem like you understand this. You don't seem like you're good at this. You don't seem like this is what you want to do. I realized when I started thinking back, so many things that I thought about myself were really just a repetition of what people had told me that I was. In fact, I had internalized so many of these things that I didn't that when I first started this journey, I really didn't even know who I was. I had to pick through a variety of thoughts to understand which of those are mine and which were things that were handed on from various people in my life. I had to explore what were the thoughts that were even serving me, that were helping me and supporting me in my life. And what were the thoughts that were harming me and keeping me stuck, that was sending me down a pathway where I wasn't living authentically, where I wasn't living in my life vision or values. So one of the first things that you want to do as you learn to understand yourself and to love yourself is to journal. And I've shared this before, but I just want to reiterate, journaling doesn't mean just just writing something down. Yes, you can journal in a book if you want to, but you can journal in a computer. You can video journal. You can audio journal. There's so many apps and options. I love connecting to myself through audiovisual means, and I often will record either voice recordings or video recordings of thoughts that I have, just things that I want to ponder if I don't really feel like writing it down. So know that you can journal in a variety of different ways. And for those of you who love to communicate through various mediums of art, you can journal your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts through a variety of artistic mediums. So explore what journaling can mean for you. But in this particular aspect, I think words are important because we really do want to connect to what are the specific words? What are the specific thoughts that we are repeating to ourselves? And we want to raise awareness to them. We want to listen in into our subconscious, unconscious space so we can hear no one else is around. How are we talking to ourselves? What are the things that we're telling ourselves? Because one of the first step of self-love and self-care is to first bring awareness and analyze the thoughts that come up and then look at 
how are we nurturing ourselves when we are in moments of challenge or struggle? How are we celebrating ourselves when we have had successes and wins? Because one of the common themes that I've seen as I've talked to others about this is most of us are so self-critical. We are more than happy to tell ourselves all the things we've done wrong, all the ways we're screwing up, all the ways we're doing things wrong, and really don't spend enough time praising ourselves, loving on ourselves, congratulating ourselves when we do things right, when we do things well, when we do things that are hard. So this would be the first step of self-love is to learn to use words to show love for ourselves. If it was our best friend or a loved one who was experiencing that, how would we take care of ourselves? And I actually have adopted the practice of verbalizing this. I ask myself, how are you feeling right now? How can I support you? What can I do for you? What do you need right now? And it has been one of the most powerful exercises because when I ask myself what I need and acknowledge my struggle, acknowledge the challenge, There is an ease in the tension in my muscles. There is an ease in the tightness in my chest. I take a deep breath. I know that I'm here for me. And I think about what do do I actually need? How can I help myself? What is something that would make this moment easier? And I get up and do it. I do it for me. And I use words that are soothing, that are loving. And I remind myself that I don't know how to do everything, but I know I can figure it out. I know I'm not perfect, but I am worthy. And I love myself and I accept myself regardless of any mistakes, failures, imperfections. I remind myself that I am enough and any single success or failure does not define me. That is not who I am. I remind myself that I am capable and I have faced many challenges and I will face this one as well. And it's going to be okay. And I just have to figure it out one step at a time. I don't have to fix anything. I don't have to make myself feel better about anything. I can just be present, acknowledge my pain, acknowledge the struggle, and know that I have the wisdom and the courage to figure this out and to help myself. And I speak this out loud. I speak it out loud to myself to remind me, first of all, visibly that this is true. This is not just a thought in my head that this is true. What I'm saying is true. I also use the power of touch. Physical touch is incredibly powerful and soothing as we've witnessed in so many spaces of challenge, right? And we can give the power of physical touch to ourselves. I often will put my hands over my heart and take a deep breath, feeling connected to myself. I often use the power of touch by rubbing my fingertips together. As I focus on my breathing, I might massage my face or my neck or my hands or wherever I feel tension. Oftentimes just laying my hand over the area that is troubling me is enough to remind me that I am touched and connected. And that too is incredibly powerful. So we have now talked about two incredibly powerful strategies that can help you break the cycle of self-judgment, self-criticism, and the conditionality that we place on the love that we give ourselves. We've talked about connecting to our thoughts Thoughts, creating awareness, writing them down, exploring what is true, exploring what is even your thought as opposed to someone else's thought, exploring thoughts that serve you and help you instead of keeping you stuck 
We, we also talked about using thoughts and affirmations as a way to remind ourselves of our own worth, our own value, and that we have the capacity to figure things out, even if we don't know the answers. We talked about the power of touch and using it to remind ourselves of our worthiness, using it to soothe our sympathetic nervous system, to connect internally to our thoughts, our feelings, our physiological responses, right? What our body is actually feeling, the tightness, the soreness, the butterflies in the stomach, feeling like there's an overwhelming number of things that we need to do when we place our hand over our eyes, over our third eye, and gently sweep down our face, understand that we only need to do or take care of one thing at a time. We only need to address and evaluate one thing at a time. Now, the next thing that I want to point out is that at baseline, we have habitual patterns of thinking, just the way we are used to thinking about ourselves, about things in our life, etc. And because our brain is programmed to find the problems, to figure out what else could be out there that could potentially hurt us, that is, our brain is wired to keep us out of danger, to avoid pain. So it is automatic wired to figure out what else could go wrong? What else could be out there? And this is the primitive part of our brain. It is the part that says, well, these are all the ways you can fail. You try this. This is all the problems that are out there for you. It's going to be terrible. You don't want to do it, right? And that's okay. It's good to know. It's good to have a realistic expectation of some of these things. And you might even want to write them down so you can see, are these real? Are, are there things that you should do to make it safer for you to do whatever your next thing is, your next project or the relationship or anything else that you want to explore? But also we can use our prefrontal cortex. We can use our thinking brain to explore what are some of the good things that are out there. How else can we view this? How might even the challenges be opportunities for growth and exploration? for you. So we can utilize the power of thought to explore both the good and the bad and decide rationally if this is something that is for your good, right? That is something that is connected to your vision value. That is something that you have true connection with. And why this is important is a lot of times we are focused on successes and failures, Things that seem doable, that are more likely to succeed, appear more interesting, more in line with what you want. When in reality, what you're attracted to is the success aspect of it. And there's nothing wrong with being successful. But if you're building success upon success for something that you don't really care about, something that is not in alignment with your values and vision, and you're just going down a pathway that at the end of it, have no connection to your life vision. So I encourage you today to really connect within yourself and explore how am I spending time? What is actually showing up on my calendar? And do those things connect to what I want in life? Connect to my life vision and value? Is this really how I want to spend time? Or is this just the easiest thing that I can put on my calendar to spend my time? Part of self-love is being honest with ourselves, being authentic, living Living our life's purpose. And part of that is that we own our truth, that we own our story, that we own how we want our life to be because no one else should be writing our book. We want to write our stories. 
we want to tell our stories and share our truths. And the last aspect of self-love that I'm that I want to share today is understand that accepting ourselves unconditionally as we are right now, our strengths, our weaknesses, loving ourselves unconditionally through this and accepting that this is who we are is a powerful place for us to think I already love myself and I am perfectly happy and enough exactly as I am. But there are still things that I want to do in my life from that place of love and belonging and worthiness, not scarcity and fear and anxiety. You understand the difference? Because a lot of times we want something because we feel like we are not enough and that thing will make us enough that we don't have enough scarcity. And that thing that we're looking for, whether it's a promotion, a change in our body, change in our face, change in our hair, change in the way we connect to someone, relationships, et cetera, that all of those things are what is going to make us enough and acceptable. But how different is it when you show up and say, I love and accept myself. I am truly worthy of love and belonging. Not just saying those words, by the way, it does take time to work on some of these things and to accept ourselves, to forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we've made, to love ourselves as we are. And what that means is then we get to build whatever, anything that we want. We can be inspired and go after all of our dreams from a place of love, belonging, and worthiness, from a place of being enough and being joyful in where we are, being grateful in where we are, because that next thing is not necessary for us to love ourselves, for us to show up and be authentic for us to share our truth. And when you own your truth, when you're authentic and you think, okay, what would my future self be like? From a space of clarity, you understand, you've analyzed your thoughts, what you want in life, you're connected. And this is what your future looks like. You have clarity on what it is that you want. And what that means is you can now show up today as that future self. You can think, act, do, feel, all of the things. When we have a clear idea of what we want in life, not from a place of scarcity, but from a place of worthiness, love, and belonging, when we empower ourselves and remind ourselves and being well in the moment, that's where some of the magic happens. That's where we get to explore and play a little bit and say, what would this be like? Because whether we fail or succeed, whether this experiment works or not, is not the critical component. We can try things in our life that we might not have done before from a space of self-love. We're willing to stand up and share our truth, to speak our mind, to show up and challenge ourselves, to pursue things that interest us, to make healthy choices, to accept our imperfections for the very thing that makes us unique, to forgive ourselves for our mistakes, to set boundaries so that you can do things to its maximum efficiency and then have times of rest, to live intentionally, creating meaningful and compassionate choices for yourself and for others. And as we explore this, this is the perfect time to talk a little bit more about compassion. Compassion is a critical element of self-love, compassion for ourselves and compassion for others. Here today, we're really talking more about self-compassion. Now, a lot of the work that I'm going to be sharing is by Kristen Neff, and she's written many amazing 
books, led retreats. Her latest book is Fierce Self-Compassion and is absolutely amazing at helping us connect to what is compassion and how do we experience this? How do we build tools to use this as a superpower that it is? So compassion is really in a way for us to alleviate suffering. And she separates self-compassion into two categories, tender self-compassion, which utilizes the softer energy of nurturing and loving to relieve suffering. And the other category is fierce self-compassion, which utilizes the energy of action to relieve suffering. And she explains that using both tender and fierce self-compassion in an integrated manner, working together is the most powerful way because it combines strength with love. As we explore tender self-compassion, as I mentioned earlier, it is the softer energy of nurturing ourselves. It's the gentle questioning. What do you need? How can I help you? Reminding ourselves that we are not alone, that we do have support, that we are capable, that we are enough. And especially as we struggle, especially as we dip into that space of judgment and criticism, of overwhelm and stress and burnout, to really bring the element of love and to connect to the three elements that she shares, which is mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness. She talks about how with mindfulness, we are able to connect to the moment, be present in the moment with our own pain as we are feeling it. We're able to bring clarity because we're not stuck in the past and past problems, past mistakes, or going into the future, thinking about all the terrible things that can happen from this struggle, right? We're in the moment, present with our pain. We're feeling it. We're gaining perspective on what this means. And then we get to decide, what do we want to do with it? What kind of action do we want to take to help ourselves? We're acknowledging our pain. We're opening our hearts and loving ourselves through this. This journey. Common humanity is a way for us to remember that we are not alone. When I was going through burnout, one of my biggest struggles was feeling so alone and isolated, feeling like it's just me. I'm the only person who's struggling with this. There is something wrong with me that I'm struggling with this. And one of my biggest gifts that I'm grateful for is as I've spoken more about this, I've connected with others. So many others, we, we share the same story. We share common humanity and it, it has allowed me to remember that I'm not alone. As humans, we are continually faced with struggles and challenges. It's just the way it is. But in the last few years, as things have come up, it has allowed me to connect to my own humanity. It has allowed me to gift myself with self-compassion because now I know I am not alone. That we are all as humans imperfect and we all have struggles and it allows me to give myself love just as I would give my friend, my loved ones. I would give them compassion and love. And so now I can give myself as well because this is common in our human experience. And the third component of self-compassion that Kristen Neff talks about is kindness, which is our desire to alleviate suffering and help ourselves feel better. I loved the research 
literature that she shared on how people who are more self-compassionate tend to be happier, more hopeful, optimistic. They're satisfied with their lives and grateful for what they have. There's less stress, anxiety, depression, fear. There's decrease in the risk for suicide, drugs and alcohol abuse, physically healthier, sleep better, stronger immune systems, more resilient, more grit and determination to reach their goals. They have closer and more functional relationships with friends, family, romantic partners, report more sexual satisfaction, they're more forgiving, empathetic, and more compassionate to others, decreasing risk of burnout. There are so many reasons that I just summed up here to give ourselves compassion. So I hope that you'll explore this and consider what are some ways that you can show up, you can show up and be present in your suffering, in your moments of pain and struggle. Give ourselves compassion, give ourselves love, give ourselves kindness, reminding ourselves of common humanity and being mindful in this process, giving ourselves moments of rest, giving ourselves moments where we have time to recover, especially when we're struggling. This is one of the most compassionate and loving things we can do for ourselves. I hope that this has been a helpful discussion. I hope that the information that I've provided in this session has been helpful for you. As you explore, what are the thoughts that you currently have about yourself? What are your thoughts? What are other people's thoughts? What are ways that you're holding yourself stuck? What are ways that this is not serving you? How can we talk to ourselves like we would to our best friend or to a loved one? How can we use words and visualizations to connect to ourselves? How can we use this power of touch and the power of words to remind ourselves that we are loved, we are worthy, we belong, we are enough? How can we forgive ourselves? How can we embrace mistakes, failures, and successes all as things that help us in our journey but do not define us? How can we accept ourselves for who we are, being enough, exactly where we are? And how can we meet our needs? Asking ourselves, what do I need? What do I want? By the way, not just in moments of struggle or challenge. This is something I actually ask myself multiple times a day. I do a check-in to see where am I? What's going on? What do I need? Am I off track or on track? Do I need help to get back on track? Or maybe I just need a moment of rest. Planning and implementing these short breaks in our lives is an incredible act of self-love as well. And then we spoke about compassion and self-compassion, alleviating our suffering, giving ourselves love, understanding, acceptance, and also action, courage, standing up for ourselves, believing in ourselves, protecting ourselves, saying no for ourselves, saying no to the things that sometimes just clog our calendar, that just keeps us from living our truth, connecting to our authentic voice, owning our stories, owning our life, and showing up as ourselves. Clarity, wisdom, connection, and presence, and love. I hope you'll use some of the strategies that I've shared today to explore how this could be applied in your life. If nothing else, just listen in on how you're talking to yourself. And especially during moments of struggle, ask yourself, what can I do? How can I help you? Give yourselves a little grace that as a human, that there's going to be things that 
are imperfect and that's okay. Nothing has gone wrong. This is what our lived human experience is. And if any of this resonated with you and you want to explore more, I wanted to share with you that I am offering a free seven day journey to explore the power of radical self-love for you. This will be an experiential program specifically designed for women that are feeling overwhelmed, stressed, struggling with the chaos and expectations on their time, looking for clarity, looking for ways to really soothe some of the trauma, trying to be and do everything for everyone else. During this time, we will spend time connecting to our authentic self, learning how to give yourself unconditional love and tender as well as fierce compassion, exercises to connect to the power of your thoughts and feelings, learning what radical self-care really means and how do you do that for yourself? How do you show up and step into being your best friend? We're going to talk about self-judgment and self-criticism, how blame, shame, and guilt is really keeping you stuck and disempowered, and how can we take massive action from a place of worthiness, love, and belonging. Learn how to connect to our sage inner wisdom, how to program our reticular activating system to create the results that you want to see, and how to continue to build that radical self-love that you do feel for yourself unconditionally ever-present, authentic love for yourself that may have just been out of your reach. Join me February 14th to start your journey to the power of radical self-love. And if you want to take it even deeper and really apply this to your life, if you're tired of the excuses of being in the same place every day, having the same problems, not understanding or not knowing how to create that change, then I invite you to set up a time and talk to me. You can connect with me on social media. You can find me on my website, www.serenitywellnessmd.com. And you can schedule a call with me. You can find my scheduling link on the show notes. So we can explore what this means to your unique set of needs. We can explore what are the places where you don't have clarity in your life, where you're looking to create changes, but you've been in the same place stuck and overwhelmed. The first session is free where we really just explore what is going on and what are the things that you need to do to create that change, how to overcome the overwhelm. So this is not what we continue to experience on a daily basis. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, then I invite you to explore this because the truth is nothing changes if nothing changes. I hope that you explore some of the questions and moments for reflection that I've shared today. I look forward to chatting with you more this year as we really connect and create what we want our vision to be. And what does it take to create that transformation? What does it look like when we are exploring our thoughts and our feelings? What our action line can look like? We'll discuss what it means to be stuck, overwhelmed, procrastinate, and all of the things, and how can we overcome it? I hope that this process is providing inspiration and support as you work to create your best year in 2022. Thank you so much for dreaming with me and for joining me today. I look forward to connecting with you. And if there are any other topics that you really want to hear more of and explore, then please send me an email, send me a message. I'm available on social media as well as on my website. All of the links are on my show notes as well. And I look forward to helping you in your life adventure this year. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it 
with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.